Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 3, verses 1 through 26, which tells of the healing of the lame beggar, which leads to Peter's second sermon to the Jews. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Walking and Leaping and Praising God. But Peter takes them all the way back to the foundation of all the promises of the Savior. The, the covenant of all the covenants is the Abrahamic covenant. And as it's described in Genesis twenty two eighteen, that's where it says to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is a promise that one of Abraham's descendants will be a savior for all the families of the earth. But it started with the people that Jesus came to. He rightly says to the Jews to whom he preached, this is for you first. The gospel is for the Jew first, but also to all the families of the earth. That's where we come into this sermon. All the families of the earth, even you know, six or 7,000 miles and 2,000 years later, where it's really hard to even find one single Jew, people are being saved by this very same message. You might also know Romans 1.16 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And don't get bummed out here if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not a Jew, I'm not a Greek, I guess I can't get saved. No, no. Greek means not Jew. It, it's a synonym for Gentile in that context. All this is fulfilled in Christ, starting with that promise to Abraham. Now, I know we've powered through an entire chapter, but I think in this case, it's helpful to consume it in one gulp. The message is the same that it was in chapter 2, but I want to urge us to think about how to apply it in our setting. We're not in Jerusalem. We're not in the temple. Our audience is not Jews. We cannot take the people we're talking to on a little 10-minute walk to show them the empty tomb of Jesus. But it's the same message. So what can we extract by way of principle from Acts chapter 3 that we can use when we talk to someone about Christ? Let me make a couple of suggestions to you. Number one, any gospel presentation has to be theocentric, not anthropocentric. And I decided to use a couple of 25-cent words in case you were dozing off. Um, maybe you'll remember it. A gospel presentation is God-centered, not man-centered. I had a friend um, when I was in seminary, he actually wrote a gospel tract. He, he, he wanted to deal with what he called the peanuts popcorn presentation of the gospel. You could go to the 
You'd go to the baseball game, and there'd be a guy walking through. He'd got all kinds of stuff, you know, hanging from his body and strapped to his, his, him. And, and he'd say, well, what do you want? Peanuts, popcorn, soda, souvenirs. What would you like? And he said, we present the gospel the same way. What do you want? Peace, happiness, affluence, comfort. No, no, no. My friend, God created you in His image. And through your sin, you're alienated from Him. I'm not here to give you peanuts and popcorn. I'm here to give you a a Savior. The essence of the gospel is not about making you feel better. It's about restoring you to the God from whom you are alienated and to whom you are accountable. And then once you're reconciled to God, oh, trust me, the personal blessings are unending. But you have to take care of that reconciliation to God first by receiving the free gift that He gives to you. Now understand, too, when we say that that's the gospel presentation, you're probably on the other end of it. You've heard the presentation. You have repented. You have believed. Your sins have been taken away. And that means that you can have the unending comfort of knowing that salvation is all yours, done deal, all of God, we contribute nothing. We receive it as a free gift. It's the God-centered salvation because He's the one who sent the Savior. Notice also that a gospel presentation must include explaining what the Word of God says, the facts. Christ died in your place. He rose again. And it also has to include man's responsibility to answer the invitation and to repent. Now, what provokes an opportunity to share the gospel could be almost anything. Ray Comfort is famous for talking to somebody and says, do you consider yourself to be a good person? And the standard answer is, well, yeah. You know, I haven't murdered anybody all day long and, and, uh, you know, I'm better than some people. And then he takes them to the Ten Commandments and, well, you ever done this? Well, yeah. You ever done that? You know, okay, well, now we've established that you are um, a liar, an adulterer, an idolater. Do you consider yourself a good person? What would a righteous God say to somebody who's done the things that you've done? Would you deserve heaven or hell? He's very good at doing that, and I, I would commend him to you. It isn't about the opportunities. We, we probably can't go find a person that's never walked and have him jumping and leaping and praising God next to us. That would draw attention. I, I, I get that. I remember the first person that I ever introduced to Christ. It was... Um, it was a, a person I met when I was in college. She was a late teenager, and uh, she shared with me that she had some real problems, and she did have some real problems. For one thing, she was the youngest of five kids. The other four were boys, and they were older than her, and her father was in the Marine Corps. I mean, scary life, right? But she had other problems, too, and she said, you know, can you help me? And I said, no. No. I didn't have any answers to any of those things. I'd only been a Christian a few months, but I said, but I think I know somebody that can, and I told her the gospel. And I said, are you willing to repent and give your life to Christ? And she said, yes. Wow. God used me. I, I knew barely anything. Well, the point is, 
the circumstances might expose the need that creates the opportunity that you explain who the Savior is. You saw the passion that Peter demonstrated for his countrymen there. Ask God to give you a similar heart of compassion for people who who need the Lord and direct the attention to God and away from yourself. If you're willing to focus the attention on God, not yourself, you can be used mightily to guide people to call upon Him in repentance and in faith. And you know what? You might be concerned that maybe somebody would uh, turn their back on you or reject you or not like you. Could happen. But I'd rather they hear about heaven not liking me than go to hell and never heard about heaven because I didn't speak. Now, um, a, a fellow pastor put me onto this. I'll, I'll close with this. It's from an English Puritan pastor named Thomas Manton. He wrote a book, By Faith. It's a series of sermons on Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, By Faith. All these people did these different things. Here is what Manton wrote. I'll pass it on to you. He says, The whole business of Christianity contradicts sense. We give up the visible for invisible rewards. Sense only judges the outside of God's dispensations, but faith looks within the veil. There are secret and invisible things that God makes known to waiting souls. When there is no apparent comfort, there is not a drop of oil in the cruise, that means the jar, nor a dust of meal in the barrel, hope can hang upon a small thread. Wait, trust, and look for favor from God. And that was based upon we walk by faith, not by sight. I know you've probably heard the gospel, believed, you're here. Be encouraged. It's a life-changing, eternal destiny-changing message. Let's pray that God will give us opportunity to share it. And if, my friend, perchance you've never submitted your life to Jesus Christ, oh, today's the perfect day to do that. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father, thank You for Your wonderful grace to us. We will never know until we meet Him in Your presence the name of that man, but thank You for the miracle that drew the crowd on that day that stimulated this sermon that we have heard from the lips of Peter. And Father, it would be easy for us to say that, oh, if only we had that gift like Peter and John, we could we could leave church here and go down the street to St. Alphonsus Hospital and split up and go floor by floor and room by room and empty the place and tell people about the Savior. Oh, I admit, Father, that would be wonderful, but we don't need to do that. Because you have given us the gospel of your grace. You've given us your spirit, the one who convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. So send us from where we are now to where we will go in this week and open hearts to people around us, open our mouths to speak truth in love and draw souls to yourself, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.